No, she, she literally, she read it out to me. She was like, why didn't you just message me? <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 124. That means we've done 123 other episodes, at least, of <laughs> Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And heaven knows we're going uh... in circles with Beyond Belief guests on this podcast. Right, let's... Does that work? <laughs> what was the first bit? What was the first I'm bit? Not Heaven gonna, knows. I'm not going to lie, Sean. They've got some great songs, but the song titles are not that good for puns. Morgan, <laughs> you doing this pun thing every week, right, mm. might be the greatest mistake of your life. Ah, uh, nice. Nice. But it also, obviously, that works better coming from you because then you get to say, good to my life, which, is, of course, is this week's guest's brand new album, which comes out next Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's podcast guests are Lucas Woodland and Scott Carey of Holden Absence. Yes. See? Seamless. How, see how seamless that was. But two humans we've seen grow from shy music lovers to exceptional cover story stars. Lucas Woodland returns with his right-hand man, Scott Carey, to give us an honest, inspirational and very Welsh look into the new reimagined era of Holden Absence ahead of the release of their sophomore studio album The Greatest Mistake of My Life on April 16th through Sharp Tongue Records. There's been a lot of changes within the band since the last time Lucas was on with lineups, changing aesthetic and mad achievements, all of which we'll get into, but Wow, it's been a pleasure to follow their journey so far. They've captured a lot of hearts since their debut LP in 2019. And I know this is a band you're highly proud of, Sean. Yes, well, proud of, yeah, because, well, I wasn't going to say this, but it turns out that I'm actually Lucas's dad. What? Is that, is that, the the results come in now? The DNA tests are in, it's it's true. I know we were waiting, but I had them this morning, and it turns out that, I am actually Lucas's dad. That's a fact. Huh? Um, 
don't check it don't try and find out don't look into it at all no but yes as you said I am very very proud of my son Lucas and his friend Scott despite Scott after doing this podcast Scott did this podcast the next day he went on Twitter and bigged up another podcast and said this is the best podcast and best people so I'd just like to wow. say as much as I love Scott also fuck you Scott <laughs> um, I can't believe you'd say such a thing after spending an hour with me and Morgan laughing or pretending you were enjoying yourself. Oh. Um, I can't believe it. But yes, I am very, very proud and chuffed to bits for holding absence. Um, I was lucky enough that uh, their manager, Ryan Richards, sent me a link to the album, which I've listened to um, a good few times now. And uh, yes, it's got some fantastic songs. So um, Sean's personal highlights, Celebration Song and um, Die Alone. Uh, because Lucas's sister also features on that song and it is absolutely beautiful. What an absolutely talented family. And I'd just like to say, I'm not Lucas's sister's father. Ooh, a lot of plot so twists here. A lot of plot twists. <laughs> there is a lot of plot twists. <laughs> but I hope if anyone listening to this has access to edit Wikipedia pages, please put on Holding Absence one that Lucas is Sean's son because it'd be a good laugh, wouldn't it? But. As you said, the new album is sounding fantastic. The single so far have had a great reaction and we're going to get insights into all these new songs. Ditching the black and white filters, the mission to change music fashion, their recent covers of Kerrang! and Rock Sound magazine, and even some hot takes on their former band Falling With Style and that South Wales community that all four of us grew up in. It's a very passionate conversation great to see everything these guys are doing and i'm excited to tell this story on this episode of satin podcast yeah well it's just been absolutely amazing to see a band rise and get to where they are and we talk of Kerrang cover what that was like for them videos looks photography scott's mm. um scott's partner bethan did uh, the photos for the art, artwork and did the Kerrang shoot as well. So yeah. congratulations to her for that. And um, yeah, it's just it's just been absolutely, absolutely amazing watching this band rise. And it's only going to get fucking bigger and better, I believe. So I can't wait for this record to come out. It's going to go fucking topsy-turvy for them, I think. And they're going to be fucking massive, 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 massive. There's four <laughs> massives. Yeah. Which is very, very big. That's, that is, that is big. But I feel this is the calm before the storm. But before we get into this conversation and expose all the secrets going on behind the scenes with Holded Absence, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy listening to myself and Sean ramble to you with a special guest each and every Friday, please head over and have a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Over there, not only do you help keep this thing running, but you get to be included with our favorite people of all time who have created this magical community, supporting each other, making one another laugh each and every week. But there's a lot of extras as well. There's playlists, bonus podcasts, little Q&As, and things to sink your teeth and ears into to get even more mad content from us. So that's patreon.com forward slash sapnin. And if you could give us a follow on our social media pages at Sapnin Pod, we would very much appreciate you for that as well. Yes, that's at Sapnin Pod, at S A P P E N I N P O D. That's at S A P P E N I N P O D. And yeah, as Morgan said, please, please, please think about joining our Patreon, patreon.com for slash Sapnin, because I've now realised Lucas's mother's probably going to want some child support for all the years I missed out. Uh... 
that's true. Right, let's get away from that very quickly before you get yeah. like the lawyers involved. So this is Holding Absence on Sapnin Podcast, episode 124. Fucking tidy. Sapnin! Sapnin! I wanted to see how long I could do that for, but I could have gone longer. But I didn't want to ruin the old podcast with it being just one breath. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sapnin! Uh, Sapnin! Zaplin, Scott, you uh, cheated Morgan in there. That's so excited. He's so enthusiastic. I was so just excited. Ban, get in there. Yes, welcome to Sapnin Podcast um, with uh, myself, Sean Smith, and my co-host, Scott Carey. This week, wow. we have Morgan Richards and Lucas Woodland <laughs> from the fantastic, amazing Holding Absence. Does that mean I'm in Holding Hi, Absence now? Is that... You are now, yeah. Oh, yeah, you just twice, it. guys. It's a revolving door these That's days. But yes, um, yes, Scott and Lucas from Holding Absence join us today. Yes. Um, Boys, congratulations on everything so far. In Circles is a banger. Uh, the Quran cover is going to be the first of many. Um, Thank you. How is life at the moment? It's good, yes. It's like, to be honest, it's kind of weird having like fun in lockdown and being excited for the future. It's, it's such an alien feeling, you know, but... I think it's kind of cool as well because, you know, as, as most people feel like maybe the pandemics maybe coming towards the tail end, you know, with the vaccines and stuff. And it's nice for us to know that also on top of that, we got something really optimistic and exciting to look forward to with the album as well. So, yeah. Yes. Yes, you do. Yeah. Mm. 
yeah, obviously we're going to get into so much in this conversation from the album and everything, but like just this last year in particular, has it been weird? Because obviously behind the scenes, you've been working on all the details for the record, getting everything ready and just setting everything up. But now the last few months, busy as ever promoting it. Has it been a kind of like weird whirlwind for you guys or is it just being like a constant trying to get everything possibly can done? I suppose it's been... um not good timing is the wrong word really, but like we literally like finished recording this days before lockdown happened. So like we, we were oh, in wow. the studio and we watched the, uh, you know, the, Italy the, yeah, kind the of conference the, yeah. thing where Boris was like, we're locking down. We watched that in the live room and then it was like, Oh bloody hell, we better finish up then. So we like finished recording, came home and lockdown happened. And then since then it's been like, you know, we like had to get it mixed and then we had to like plan all the videos and all the visuals and the launch campaign and all the aspects. Like, so we've kind of had, stuff to keep us busy through lockdown, which has been quite nice, you know, compared to how some bands might have had it if they'd maybe released an album just before and then had been like, oh, well, wait a minute, now what are we going to do? I feel like we're in, the, we're in the middle of the three options. You've got like a band that's just put out an album. So for example, you're looking like Lowe's, Boston Manor, Enter Shikari, Biffy Clyro. That's obviously a really rubbish situation. Obviously with us, we're kind of in the middle where we just recorded it, um, you know, but then there are, I imagine millions of bands that, have written an album during this as well, you know, and have really taken this time. So, you know, I feel like we definitely didn't get the worst situation out of everyone, but you know, it was kind of weird because we came home, like Scott said, we came home and it was like, right, I don't have anything to do with my time. And normally I'd be writing music, but I'm sick of writing music at this particular <laughs> yeah. moment in time. So, uh, so it was weird, but, um, but yeah. Yeah. Did you have to, um, you said you were there, you were uh, recording when the lockdown came in. Did, did you have to like rush to finish or was it all just okay and you got it sorted? It was, it was perfect timing to be honest. Yeah, literally the day we were supposed to be leaving, I think lockdown was announced for two days time or something, you know? So, so yeah, it, it, we really just about missed out on it. I mean, it, it was, uh, it was funny because like obviously that happened and, I imagine in a normal circumstance, like uh, the last day of recording, we all would have like gone for a beers in a pub or something. Mm. But like Dan, uh, the producer was like, I got to go home to, to my family. So see you later boys. Yeah. And we were all like, oh, <laughs> all right then in the van, let's just, let's just go. Uh, like it, it, like that last day was like, a, oh God, what are we, what are we heading home to? <laughs> yeah. What a crazy, yeah. What a crazy abrupt ending yeah. to when you've like spent like, a, you know, a couple of weeks with somebody and yeah, just very strange. But, um, yeah, I was um, I was working with Dan. How did you guys find it? Um, yeah, would you work with it? Well, I guess you'd work with him again because the songs <laughs> are fucking super duper. But, um, well, yeah, what's your guys' thoughts on working with Dan and producers and stuff? Because yeah, because we we worked with um, we worked with Dan on uh, one or two songs on the debut as well in terms of songwriting. So um, even though he didn't like do any production on the record, um, we. Oh my God, sorry. I'm just burped on a podcast. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we already had this relationship and to be honest, you know, it's no secret that we did have a very tumultuous, turbulent time recording the first album. Obviously Faisal left the band in the middle of it. We recorded in two separate sit-ins. Um, we were working with a producer that we hadn't done anything with really before in the past as well. And we, I look back and I, I do have kind of bittersweet memories of the first album in terms of the recording process. Okay. Um, but like, honestly, Dan to record with and to write with and to hang out with is just a, just a dream. He's such a lovely guy. He's so passionate. He really gets us, but I feel like he does bring a different element to us as well. He's obviously an older dude as well. So he kind of has a more mature kind of outlook on things. Um, so, you know, for us, we're just kind of like, don't want to give any spoilers away, but we're like, I don't know why, 
what on earth would happen for us not to do album three with him already, mm. even now, because it's just, Ooh, it was so nice. easy, you know? You really got like um, the vision, I find, in the sense yeah. of like, you know, obviously we're a band, but we're also four individual people who I, I suppose have like different opinions and different viewpoints on, you know, how th things should be done. And like, you know, I, I, like I would say, I, you know, I want to do guitars this way and he really got on board and kind of, you know, jumped headfirst into that. And I'm sure like Lou, when Lucas was doing vocals, he wanted to do things a certain way. And Dan was like, yep, cool. And he kind and of- I think really, he'd um, mediate yeah. as well. Yeah he'd, oh, yeah, he'd see what Scott wanted to do all the way over there and what I wanted mm. to do all the way over there. And he'd try and find a way of matching and marrying those two things up as well. So it was, yeah, it was a mixture of like containing us to make sure that we're all in the same place and also allowing us to be expressive as well, you know? Nice. Yeah, it's fantastic to hear. But like, we've already dived into a bit of the background of the record and stuff. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I know when a band put out a new record, everyone kind of says it's a new chapter, it's a new era, those words kind of get passed around a little bit. But it does feel like that for Holden Absence, because as you've already alluded to, there's so many little things and nuances with kind of lineup changes, but the way you're presenting yourselves and changing image and all that really put together. I mean, do you see it as a kind of, another side to the band now or just like a fresh start how would you describe this holding absence compared to the one people are accustomed to it just feels like a new chapter in all honesty um we've always said the holding absence is bigger than every member and we've always everybody who's ever been in the band has really truly understood like the vision of holding absence and i think that is what purely carried us through those first four years, you know, with lineup changes, with the debut album and, and all the little hiccups we had along the way. I think people just believed in us, you know, regardless of all the little kind of hiccups we might have had. Um, and I think now it's us showing people this vision that we've had since day one, but in the best version of itself, you know, like the videos are the best they've ever been. The songs are written the best they've ever been, like uh, recorded the best they've ever been, you know. And I feel like personally as well, you know, like, as musicians, personally, we're all at our A game now. Um, but like you said, you know, visually, I think that's quite a, a big thing. The mm. color thing was obviously yeah. basically our way of saying like, this is different. We are different and try and embrace that, you know. Um, and I feel like a lot of people really have as well, which is great. Nice. Was the, um, the color thing and um, the band look, like, was that always ready to go? Did you always go, right, where we're going to go from black and white now? to in color finally <laughs> and yeah yeah the whole the whole dress sense and stuff is that is that your guys doing is that one of you guys is that you coming together what what caused that um it was always on the cards you know and and i think you know if, if you're a musician who takes yourself se seriously and views a long game the way that we do you know we're already talking about album three and then i'd love to talk about album four again you know and like really kind of but i think like you, you'd be naive to not think of the possibilities that you can have with your band and having something as blatant and obvious as a black and white thing. What is more obvious to do next than to stop doing that altogether and do the exact opposite, you know? Um, but it's been really nice as well. I feel like expressively, you know, like, um, like you said about the clothing and stuff, you know, we, it's been nice to feel like rock and roll a little bit, you know, like me and I, sometimes I'll look at Scott in a promo shot and we've been best friends since we were like 12 and I'll be like, there's my man wearing a shirt and some <laughs> pinstripe trousers. Let's go, you know? And it's cool because it's like, I view me right now and holding absence Lucas to be kind of different, but I, I feel like, I feel like most of us feel that way. I feel like we feel like better versions of ourselves in the band. So kind of, 
wearing skinny jeans isn't good enough anymore. Like I, I want to make a scene um, visually as much as we do musically. I feel like um, the dress sense thing as well is like, I remember when we've put out the first album, before we put out the first album, it like, it was, al- it was always going to color for album two, you know, like that was just like a natural progression. And um, a lot of bands, like not in a negative way, but a lot of bands kind of when they do color, it's like a band almost like claims a color these days, you know, like, mm. I, I guess the best example would be like when the 1975 went from black and white to color, they did the pink thing. And uh, I think we were very um, aware that we didn't want to like do that. Didn't want to be like, hold on, absence is now a uh, green. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, the like kind of dress sense thing is like something that not, a lot of bands in the scene do these days. And it was kind of a way to make ourselves unique without kind of pinholing us into this, this color thing, you know? I I think an interesting thing on top of that, sorry, just quick is like, we haven't done any shows yet. Like as, as this new thing. So we've been dressing up like, you know, bougie as hell for the last year, (laughs) but like, you know, I mean, it's kind of interesting to think that we can put all this effort into the visuals of the band, but like when touring comes along, like, (laughs) exactly you know what i mean but it's nice because like i view it as like a completely separate part of the art and the craft is like for this video i'm wearing clothes hell you know i'll be straight every video and every visual you'll see i'm wearing t-shirts and and trousers that got sent back to asos the next day (laughs) 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 Um, but you know it's like it's i think it's important to treat these things like the kerrang thing it was like Dude, we ordered so many clothes because it was just like, no way are we not nailing this shoot, you know? Yeah. Um, so- what a good idea, though. But that's the thing. But what people don't realise is now, there's somebody at ASOS who's gone I know. and <laughs> probably watched the, watched the videos and gone, that jumper's fantastic. I'd like one of them. And they've ordered that jumper, not knowing <laughs> yeah. it might be the one I've been sent back. They yeah. might have. Yeah. I do still... That's the only thing I kept is the in-circles jumper, to be fair. So, ah, <laughs> I'll be rocking smart. that puppy forever, yeah. Smart. <laughs> but, yeah, that, yeah, that's such a good idea. I never thought about doing that. <laughs> yeah, keep it to yourselves. Yeah, keep it to yourselves. Every band wait, in yeah, Britain next, now is going to be well-dressed. Yeah. 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 The, the next Raiders photo are going to be Bob head to toe in, like, Gucci. <laughs> that we have to send back the next day. Ridiculous. He's going to look fucking ridiculous. But, that, but that's the thing, like, Scott, as you mentioned, like, a lot of bands do claim a colour lately. And the fact that to see you guys kind of take that kind of vintage, almost kind of chic look, you know, it's not really can, can be compared to a lot of other bands but like talking about moving away from the black and white i know you said that that's always kind of been the goal and you know you were going there but in some aspects as well it must have been quite scary because of how people have come accustomed to seeing you with that kind of light and that kind of just being able to throw a filter on any, any photo kind of thing to you know put online and just that whole aesthetic going on it, it must make this change in this chapter feel different for you as well in in those terms honestly from my point of view and i know from like a photographer beth's point of view as well there was no like there was no worry or scaredness it was so excited to kind of not have like all of our feeds being black and white um and i know it's like obviously it's quite um uh uh specific kind of visual identity black and white now you know it's, it's uh you'd know you've seen it hold if you liked holding absence you'd know it was a holding absence photo if it was a black and white in your feed but it, it was, it's just like so limiting in in how you can convey emotion in a photo, you know. Like it's uh, it was just it was just hard to kind of 
um, keep that up in an interesting way, I think. So I think that's why when, you know, we, we talked about it, it was just always, yeah, of course, like we're going to go color now because that's the next sort of step in, a, in being able to like add more emotion into what we're doing, you know, and kind of convey how we're feeling a bit better. I think on a sentimental level as well, um, you know, when I look back at black and white photos of myself now, I, I feel like I'm looking back at a different person. And, and, and you know, the hair color change, it sounds really stupid, but obviously it was inspired by Gerard Way. But like, it really is just like, Blonde Lucas is that crazy little kid who started gigging, you know, around Europe and, and lived all these experiences. And I look back and like, he just feels like a different guy now, you know? And it's, it's really cool because black and white hold an absence and now hold an absence. They do feel different. Um, and I think subconsciously we do have like a really nice line in the sand now, which is, which is great. Yeah. I was thinking a couple of months back about, um, before you'd like released any new photos or whatever. And I, I was just thinking that this, the scene, the rock scene kind of needs, you guys are going to be too young for this. Here's old Sean. <laughs> um, I just remember 18 visions turning up and they were like in the middle of these playing these hardcore festivals and stuff. And all of a sudden they were like wearing suits and like fucking shirt and tie and stuff. And that literally changed, changed the landscape. Loads of people started doing it then. Like I saw, you know, like, I saw like film for a friend started mm. doing suits. Uh, oh, right. Uh, yeah. We've seen tie, that little bow tie combo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little red tie or yeah, yeah. It's um but yeah, that's the thing. And I I feel like, yeah, that's what this might this might lead to now, hopefully well, is the whole the whole dress sense thing was um it was influenced by kind of, you know, bands from like I've been very conscious not to be like, you know, eighties, but like yeah. we, essentially when we wrote Beyond Belief, it was like that was a song that had such a strong um, identity in itself. It was almost like, oh, you can see how, how we dress when we played this song. And, you know, like, do, do you know what I mean? It, it was like that song kind of brought with it this, you know, the, the, the influence of like The Cure and The Smiths and all those kind of, you know, like um, new wave bands from the 80s. It just brought this visual identity with it, really. It's and, funny um, as well, because, sorry to jump in, but like back when we used to do reference photos for the black and white vibe, we would reference Joy Division, we would reference The Cure, we would reference um, like countless bands uh, of this kind of era. And it's funny now because we use the exact same bands as reference, but just, just the clothes that they're wearing <laughs> rather than the black yeah. and white vibe, you know? So, and it's cool because like, it doesn't feel like overtly different, really. It just feels, even though it is incredibly different, you know? That's the thing with the record as well. I'm talking about the greatest mistake of my life comes out April 16th. It's the second record you've done, um, being released on Sharp Tone. But like, Lucas, you mentioned the first time you came on the podcast. I think the kind of general theme of our conversation then was that the whole pressure and excitement of finally putting out a record is something you'd always wanted to have done. And looking back on the last two years now, do you feel that this time around has been like even more pressure? Do you feel like you've had to like step up in, a, in many ways because now the band have different responsibilities and kind of an expectation to some level? It's really interesting because like it's, it is truly just the complete opposite. Um, the first album was riddled with stress and oh, just countless problems and you know as a person i'm very within my own head a lot of the time i think about things and and we all we all spend a lot of time doubting and questioning things and and to be honest that that first album was literally built around 
pressure really on ourselves on the fact that we were signed to a label on the fact that people cared about us and we didn't want to let them down for the first time in our lives you know that's a lot of pressure um and i feel like this album honestly it was just like if it doesn't work it doesn't work Uh, let's just do what we we want and write the best version of it i kind of feel like this album isn't you know like somebody asked me the other day what's different between these two albums and all i can say is it's just this is so much better it doesn't we didn't try and do anything crazy different it's like the last song in the album is longer than Wilt, which was six and a half minutes long, you know, like the intro song is even more epic than the last intro song. I, and like, I just think like this time we were just like, look, we know what we're doing. We're good at what we do. Let's just remove all of that extra baggage and just do it the best we can. And man, I'll never write another album under pressure again because the difference is just day and night. I feel wow. so, even listening back to these songs now, you know, I, I listen to different songs and i'm sure it's got the same or, or even with you sean you know like you you have this weird or even more like listening to music like i remember the first time i heard this song walking down the street and every time i listen back to it I, and i remember recording this song and i remember where i was in the room as i did it right you know whereas the first album i just it's just a cloud of just stress really and <laughs> and like you know and i'm so glad that that's kind of behind us now good yeah and i'm glad yeah, I'm glad this wasn't a stress, and I'm glad that things are uh, are a bit easier at the moment. Um, In Circles came out, uh, well, oh, it depends when this comes out, I suppose, doesn't it, really? <laughs> Bugger! But as we're recording this, it came out, yeah, two weeks ago, if that? No, it was really recent. It was like four days ago. Was it four days ago? <laughs> yeah. You've just listened to it two, two weeks worth it, of time. No, so. it must be. <laughs> I got to get other hobbies. <laughs> but yeah, the, the the feedback has been amazing, and um, obviously the videos uh, fantastically well shot. Um, yeah, where, where did the idea for the the video come along? Was that Bethan again? Then that was involved in shooting that? Were yeah. Um, tell us about so that. so the video was um, was shot by Zach Pinchin, um, and we've worked we've worked with him loads in the past. But this was the first video on this campaign he did, and the idea for the song, you know, like. Myself and Scott, when we wrote this song, it was very much like we were writing the song about the vibe. Or we were, the song kind of existed because of the vibe of the lyrics, you know? So the, the song was about going on in circles and circles, and we kind of wanted the, the song to have this kind of monotonous vibe to it, I guess. Um, and yeah, and with the video, it was like, basically, this, that monotony kind of seeped into this idea that I had where like, uh, whenever I, I feel depressed or I need a little bit of headspace, I'll go for a walk to Cardiff Bay and back because it's just something I've done since I was like a teenager. And, um, and one day I thought to myself, like, I've walked this road every hour of the day at least once, you know, whether it was two in the morning or six in the morning. And, and I just had this image of just like how different my life would have looked every time I'd walked that road. And then we kind of had the idea of doing the same shot, but chopping it at different times of the day. So because that film, that, that video was filmed in one day. Uh, over 14 hours um wow. which is which is long as hell you know <laughs> yeah but yeah it, it could have been weeks you know because it does look so different on on every shot you know um and that was kind of the vibe was to just push home this idea of like monotony and my character towards the end kind of breaks out and then snaps back into just walking again and that's kind of what the, the lyrics are about as well is like like kind of realizing just how unaspirational life is um and and like i said as well you know i think scott did a brilliant job with that song as well in just terms of like the song just feeling like a a loop you know 
in a really cool way though i remember when we were writing it like came up with like the verse idea and like you were walking around the room kind of singing the you know in circles line and then i remember we, like after a conversation we were like oh like we, we always tr- when we write songs we always try and make things like as interesting and different as possible so like we've never used reused like a chord sequence for like the chorus in, in the verse and then we were like talking about it i was like oh well what if this song is just you know an entire like a circle essentially like the chord sequence is the same all the way through the drums are like essentially a loop all the way through and um and yeah and, like it just sort of seemed really fitting for us to do this kind of you know monotonous song really um with with those lyrics but it just ended up being like one of well, one of my favorites on the album anyway it just kind of took on its own personality and going back to the title and the overall like theme for this record it seems that like the whole concept was decided and ready for such a long time ago i believe like lucas you actually wore a shirt with the title out on the, the last show you guys played in leaden scala i mean how far back did you have everything ready for this record was it like kind of in some aspects something you'd lead it up to for quite a while that you knew this was where you're going to take the band yeah, so um, I've told this story quite a few times now, but like um, basically my nan flippantly mentioned in passing to me one day that my great uncle did a cover of a song once upon a time and that song was the greatest mistake of my life. And, and I, I just remember thinking it was a really magical kind of title and, and the song seemed like really cool. And to be honest, in keeping with the aesthetic, you know, we said about this timeless vibe what's more timeless than a song that literally is 80 years old, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so, and I kind of brought the title to Scott and Scott will have to remind me because I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I think it was the As It Is tour. I think, I thought it was the As It Is tour, but I'm pretty, pretty sure it was um, the headline 2019 tour as the record, mm. uh, first record was coming out. There we go. So two I years think, ago yeah. this, this week. Damn. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Um, wow. And, um, and basically, you know, I, I just said, you know, this thing, this song has found itself in my life somehow. And it's, it's really cool. And I was like, I kind of like the idea of naming the album after it. And with Scott, I've learned now as, uh, as an idea is either going to hit or miss. Like I don't bother <laughs> if, Scott, if, if I don't see that glint in his eye anymore, I just don't even bother pushing shit. But um, I could just tell like straight away, it was like, it was, that was it. It was just, that was the title of the album. And it was really, really cool that we wrote the album backwards because we, we knew what the record was called. You know, normally with the debut, man, it was only called Holden Absence because we couldn't think of anything else to name it. But yeah, so that's just, that's an, that was an idea that we had for a very long time. And, and it, I, I think it just breathed a real sense of understanding into every song because we knew what album we were writing for rather than just writing songs and just hoping that they made the record, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How long did the recording process take from start to finish? Six weeks. We did a week of pre-pro and then five and a, well, six and a bit weeks. So a week of pre-pro and then five and a bit weeks in studio. Dan came down to Cardiff for a week before. Um, so we actually spent a week kind of getting to know the record and kind of tightening all the nuts and bolts with Dan before we actually got into the studio as well, which is something I'd, you know, I'd love to do again because it's like, it's kind of like, I don't know, looking up the book on Wikipedia and then reading it. And so you just know a little bit more about what you're doing. Nice. Yeah. Where, where did you record then? Were you up with Dan then or? No, in Mono Valley in... De- no, 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 Middlefield. No, Middle Farm, yeah. Farm. Middle Farm. Middle farm. <laughs> 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 wait, 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 wait. Let's all just throw different names to studios. <laughs> One might be right. Uh, a. a. Yeah, middle Farm. A. Anyway, yeah. No, middle Farm. Yeah, yeah. Down I, down I believe that's where... Yeah, that's where Liam Crombie is from We Are The Ocean mm. at the moment. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. 
Also, yeah. uh, while we were there, I found out that I think the 1975 recorded their first EPs there with oh, um, wow. Pete, the like, resident, the guy who like, um, runs the place, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty cool. That's mad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, go, going back to like kind of uh, announcing this new era as well, I think I've, I've got to say because the way you were teasing everything, a lot of fans were so worried at one point. And like, <laughs> I know, I know, so I know the whole thing is you want to get people engaging and guessing what they're going to do and be excited for whatever you announce. But there were some fans like thinking the yeah, worst man. that you were breaking up and all it that. Was, and uh... he, this was holding absence thing. Wasn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah. Is it is it weird <laughs> to see that though? Like when you put something out and see those reactions, like is like, oh no, maybe we've gone too far with not this. To, maybe um, not to drop our manager Ryan in it, but I'm sure he <laughs> came up with this was holding absence in the in the sense of we'll put these old photos up and it'll be like you know it was an old lineup and it was. Um, I think it's because the older our, era. <laughs> our tagline was this is holding absence, you know. Mm. So it was kind of like a play on that. But I think the beast just grew untamed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, we know? put that first post out and everyone lost their minds and yeah, we, like, instantly we were all like oh my god like i think the plan was we were going to do like a, this was holding absence post every day up to the run-up oh, and okay. we did one of them and everyone <laughs> lost their minds and it was like oh let's not nah, no, no. don't post anything else stop everything now yeah. everyone thinks we're fucking dying no <laughs> it was hard to be fair. we all talk on our own personal social media so we're all getting messages like oh my god are you breaking up and it was just like phones going crazy and was like, oh i can't even say anything and we are really hands-on with our fan base as well so yeah. like having like countless messages on instagram and having to like ignore all of them was like torture funnily enough though back to what you were just saying now sean like um uh, when I posted about James leaving the band, I was like, oh, what a sad day. I'm going to miss you, bro. And like uh, one of my friends, Xander, they thought that James had died. <laughs> and they messaged me like, whoa. And then, uh, and then they were like, oh, wait, I've just realized that um, he's not dead. He's just left the band. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, um, well, yeah, as, as we're there, um, how is uh, new member Ben fitted in? How is, uh, <laughs> is, there any, is there any more information? Literally, all I've got is Ben. Yeah, <laughs> three letters. He might just be Ben. He might just be Ben. Yeah, the trial but by fire. I don't know a Ben. His first thing yeah. being a Kerrang photo shoot. Yeah. But. Yeah, poor schmuck walked right in the deep end. <laughs> like, his, first, his first show with us was the Kerrang pit, like, you know, video. Mm. And then his first promo photos were the Kerrang cover thing. So, like, it's funny because he, he basically, basically, Ben is the old bassist from Falling the Style, which is mine and Scott's old band. So, it's funny because, like, it, it just feels like, you know, he, uh, on top of that, he's been our best friend. My, uh, me, Scott, and Ash, all of our best friends for the, the years in between. Um, but yeah, it, ju it just feels really natural. And I think after, after James left, we just, we just needed certainty. We knew this album was good. We knew we wanted to keep going. And I think trying out somebody who could have been a risk would have just been such a shame. I kind of don't ever want any more lineup changes ever again, you know? So like, <laughs> uh, so we just thought, let's, Ben's one of our best friends. He's an incredibly talented bassist. Um, and, and to be honest, it was, yeah. and, and this was the thing we said, like, it's more about who would I rather spend 72 hours in a van in, in the desert in America with than anything, you know? And on top of that, he's a, he's a brilliant bassist. And I'm so excited for him to just kind of meet people. And, you know, because it's just, I'm really excited to be honest. Yeah. So. I wonder if anybody has had a better start in the band <laughs> than Lucky, Lucky Ben. That's how he's known us now. Him and Rob Trujillo. Like, Lucky Ben. Oh, Rob Trujillo. Yeah. 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 Oh, boys, I will join the band, but 
You couldn't have the album ready and potentially a Kerrang cover for <laughs> yeah. get, get the Kerrang cover and I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah, imagine that, like, oh, yeah, you're going to have to need to be in a major publication before I, before I give you my services. Oh, what about this, Ben? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, so when did you, when did you find out about the Kerrang shoot? Like, when did you find out about the Kerrang cover? Um, how excited were you for that? Because, like, as I know, you've grown up, like, fans of... Kerrang and rock and metal. Seen you on the cover when we were younger. (laughs) (laughs) Big fat Sean, man. Big fat Sean. Yeah, that's a nice fringe. Made the mistake of putting me on it once. Big fringe on the cover as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You couldn't tell it was me. It couldn't be anyone really. Just a big big yellow helmet. We found out maybe um, I think it was probably about ten days before. It was a bit of a scramble to be honest, because obviously, because you know, one of the. For, for the record, I know we spoke about it briefly before, but one of the, the greatest victories in this um, fairy tale story isn't the fact that the kids who grew up reading it are on the front cover of it, but the person taking the photo, Beth, is, is also mm. somebody who's grown up loving music and working hard and loving Kerrang, you know? So I feel like it's a shared victory, really, um, which, is, which is really cool. But, um, but yeah, we found out maybe 10 days before and it was just a scramble. We were on that ASOS website site like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it's just, you know, it's like, a, you know, like as you probably know, it's just incredibly surreal and, you know, we'll have to do it again with all the boys on the front and hopefully it'll be published as well. That'd be, yeah. that's, the, that's the next goal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but like when you mentioned Ben and like Beth and like all that connections as well, like it must be weird on some level to see like that whole Fallen With Style family now being incorporated to this and just having that kind of, just that connection from the way you first kind of started music and getting into this world to see how far you've come and you've still got all these friends beside you and you've reconnected with them and like just have like that, that love has always been there. For sure, it's truly special. And I think it's because we're a group of people built around love for each other. We just, we love our mates, you know what I mean? And, and why on earth wouldn't we want the, these people to share this journey with us? And, and on top of that as well, you know, the only person in the band right now who wasn't in Falling With Style is Ash, <laughs> yeah. who filled in on Falling With Style's last tour because Tom, our actual drummer, broke his hand. So Ash, you know, so once upon a time, there was a tour where it was... Literally everybody involved in holding holding abs, yeah, like playing shows. So it's it's been something, you know. So that was six years ago, maybe seven years ago. You know, so I just realised. I've just realised that you can make double bubble boys. Um, <laughs> fo- falling with style needs to open for a open answer. I don't think we haven't uh, tied around with something like that. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, Ryan, I've an idea. But, um, also, like on that on that topic, um, it it's like you know, we've got this previous relationship and, uh, you know, we, we've all been friends for years and we've worked together for years, but also it just happens to be that like, like Ben is just the best bassist we know, you know? So like, it's, it's not like there was anyone who's, who was better than this guy that we used to play in a band. And like, same with Beth that, you know, she worked with Falling With Style when, when we were younger, but she's, you know, she's just like the, the best in the game at the moment. And we'd be stupid not to use it. 100%. Depend, you know, regardless of if we've worked with her in the past or who she is or what, whatever, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Well, as we were talking about, prior to like just before we start recording like as soon as i found out beth and had taken that the kerrang shoot i'd lost all my ability to think and i emailed <laughs> I, I, I went for the classic 1995 email <laughs> um, and i emailed her saying unbelievable 
Um, yeah, and, Darth yeah, expecting I just a letter she, in the post she, next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he tried. He tried to send the fax, but he oh, couldn't yeah. find the machine. Well, she, oh, she, she didn't see the smoke. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she didn't see the smoke signals I was sending out. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, like I just think you've all done such a fantastic job, and special like that Kerrang piece. I think she's made you look like. I don't know, Way cooler than I am. <laughs> no, no, it's awesome yeah. though. It's it's amazing. I think she's done a fantastic job, and I know um, my band Raiders were meant to shoot with her uh, prior to the lockdown, and we we hope we still can when this is over. And I'm sure she's not gone up too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know now, is it? Karan cover photographer. I, know, I, I think know. we'll find us two hundred grand now, so we can look <laughs> at your faces, boys. I don't know how photography works, as you can tell, but um, but yeah, she's done a fantastic job. Um, and yeah, you must all be super, super, super proud of her scene coming on as well. Because, like you said, she's been there since the beginning. So, of course, yeah, it's no. amazing. Definitely. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention was um, fucking Sirius XM. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you boys are fucking absolutely killing it on the American radio. That's honestly, amazing. Honestly, yeah. honestly, man. Like we, we, like I saw that personally, and like obviously because we're not from America, I was like, mm. is is this a big deal? Like, yeah. <laughs> I saw it and I cool, went, I went what? <laughs> I saw it and I got angry that I've never been on Sirius XM. That's how good it is. Oh, that's, well, that's, that's, that's amazing, then. I'm stoked on that, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, it, it, for the record, it is fucking mental. And, and like, because I remember we saw a statistic where it was like, at one point we'd had, I think at one point we were the most streamed song of the month or, or like we were above animals by architects at one point. Yeah. Wow. So, um, so which was crazy, you know, and, and it's really cool because it's like, you know, we don't write music for the radio. We write music for people to, you know, and this is, this is the thing. And, and this is why I always try and it's not like I try and sell holds and absence to people, but I, I just think what we try and do is, is so pure because it's like we write bangers. Cool. But underneath that, there's a depth to it. And, and the fact that anybody could have found us on the radio and then gone home and listened to the album and like felt something like that is the goal to me. It's like, and, and I've always said this and I'll always say this success is wicked because it means that more people can discover our band and hopefully have our music be a, a positive input on their life. And, and, and that's, that's wicked, man. So so yeah. So on that note, you know, serious playing us so much is the coolest thing on earth. <laughs> oh, de- oh, definitely. It's like, I think the special thing about this band is that like, we, you know, trends come and go, but we've always tried to kind of do what we love and also like Lucas said, connect with people. So it's just really nice to think that there's people that, you know, who's, who's never even like laid eyes on us in person that like want to, want to hear these, these songs that we're just like writing in our bedrooms, essentially. Like some dude in a truck listened to Afterlife driving through like San Diego. <laughs> Sorry, like, do you know I mean? like, yeah. And that guy is very different to me, you know, and that's yeah. so cool. I love the idea of those people um, who have been traveling that Route 66 listening to you guys <laughs> yeah. on Sirius XM, <laughs> tune into this podcast and go, what the fuck? There's four Welsh people talking about a band. I love. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? He doesn't realise that he sings in his second language. This is insane. I mean, to, look, you mentioned there about trying to keep holding up since timeless and just like the connection with everyone. And I think, you know, today in music, it is so easy to kind of go into trends and see what everyone else is doing. What's the flavour of the week of the month or whatever. So like, is there any little things in particular when you're writing these songs or you're laying down lyrics or anything that you try to, to keep that kind of wholesome level to, to be on it to be have that connection forever and not look back at it in like say five years time and wish you'd done something different 
I really think from from a songwriting perspective anyway, the the thing that I look for most when we're writing is like, does it make you feel something? Because music that I listen to, you know, I, I love like I, I love everything. Like, like the new Justin Bieber album is fantastic because I listen to those songs and genuinely like some of those songs make me like, you know, really like feel like emotional and feel like feel good. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it really brings a sense of euphoria. So yeah, when we're writing, as long as it feel like makes me feel something that's, you know, the, the, the check mark that's like, okay, this could be a Holden Absence song. Whereas like, I know we've, we've had kind of, demos in the past where it's just been like oh you know this is like cool and but but like it's just not cold and absence it just doesn't like feel like it could be a song that someone could be like crying along to at one of our shows you know and like like a song that lucas could like pour his heart into at the end of the day with his lyrics so, i think like, on yeah. top of that as well is the fact that like you know i i think like sincerity is timeless like we're talking we are talking really when you think about it about some sonic construct that is popular now and might not be popular in 10 years time but people have been emotional and people have been sad and people have been hopeful for centuries and you know and i think that's to me that's the real thing that i look for is like as long as i'm being real with myself and real about the way i've felt in my life and real about the way that i'd like to encourage people to feel like that will never grow old. That sentiment will never grow timeless. Maybe metalcore will come out of, you know, will not be cool in 20 years time, you know, but like, we'll you know. We'll be electro pop band by then anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I just, you know, to answer the question, I think as long as, and, and to be honest, me and Scott kind of give the same answer. As long as it mm. feels real, I think that's, that's enough, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And, that, and especially when, you know, getting caught up in all that, I mean, then seeing fans react to it and messages and just like even tattoos over the years because you know there's been plenty of people posted about holding absence and the moths they've had on and just your lyrics in general lucas and everything it, it must in a way make it all worthwhile and just be proud than ever that you are making that connection between the music and the listener that is one of the biggest things is the you know i i did an interview the other week and someone said, do you feel like you owe people anything? And, and I said, like, as a musician, no, but as somebody who has influenced people's lives and, you know, people have tattoos and stuff like, yeah, I feel like I, I, I'm responsible for, for, for how this band is now for the next decade or whatever, you know? And, and, and if, if we start selling out and, and stop being real, I'll, I'll be so disappointed because like those people put a lot of trust and faith into us. And, and that's the biggest sentiment you could possibly give someone is like i believe in you so much that you're going to be a part of me forever you know uh and i think it's our duty to do right by those people really yeah but it'd be it'd be so easy for us to like go, you know go and like co-write 12 songs with like some amazing like people and come out with 12 radio bangers and have them play on you know th these top radio stations all day every day but like at the end of the day like it would just feel soulless and i think the thing that yeah, like you said, that we have is just that connection with people, and like that'll just be the number one thing going, you know, through all of our music forever. Yeah, well, I've said I've said plenty of times on this podcast that um, a big uh, a big factor of me getting back into rock after like taking like five years off, well, I guess the Blackout split up six years ago, Bloody hell. and I basically I basically took four years off of whinging and pitying <laughs> and thinking all music had ended and there'd never be any good bands again <laughs> and then um ryan richards invited me along to see you guys play in the globe 
and um, it literally changed my entire outlook. Wow, oh, um, that's pretty cool. Oh, Thank you, man. I genuinely, when I was in that room, and I told Ryan that night, I told Ryan that night, it, I hadn't felt a crowd um, respond like that to a band since back in like the funeral and kids in glass houses days and like <laughs> seeing like getting to go to the globe and just seeing that community and everybody fucking loved you and they sang every word and i was like oh so there are oh there, there is stuff going on it's just i've been so i've been such a miserable twat that i missed it and now and then all of a sudden i was just amazed and honored to be in the in, in the presence of that happening again and you guys are just going from strength to strength and it's absolutely absolutely amazing to see and i love it and um you've always been top top chaps and um yeah, yeah thank I'm you very just, much i'm just absolutely i'm just absolutely chuffed for you boys well, it's, it's, chuffed. it's nice to be able to like you know reciprocate that feeling because like i know lucas will uh uh share the sentiment but like obviously back in the day us growing up being like 15 year old kids like we were like in love with the blackout and Oh, stop. Oh, shit. That's not why I did this. That's not why I did this. Scott, I don't want it. Scott, I don't want it. We, like, Fallen with Salsa obviously supported the blackout in Ponty and Ponty and, like, I don't even know what year, but, um, yeah, it's just nice to be able to kind of, you know, like, yeah, to relate like, it in yeah. less in less of a bumlicky way, you know, we are product <laughs> we are products of the the UK music scene as people, and and like you said about funeral and kids and the blackout, you know, it's like we remember the way those bands made us feel, and I think that that is once again that duty responsibility we feel is like if any kid feels the way I felt watching Holden Absence, the way I felt watching uh, bands growing up, you know, it's like I know how much pressure and uh, how special that is, you know, so like, and I, once again, back to the, the kind of responsibility side of being a musician is like, that's such a duty and, and it's such a, an honor as well, which is really cool. Yeah. No, oh, beautiful. I, I, I think, I think that made sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's just beautiful to see the passion you guys have for everything in particular. And just to see how far you've come like over the years and stuff. Cause you know, uh, as we've mentioned, I've been to multiple yeah. with style shows back in the day and <laughs> see you guys grow and stuff and whatever. So it's lovely to see that you guys are doing all this, but with that in mind, I mean, that, like we've mentioned the cran cover and all these little things but like is there anything else over the time of doing hold an absence that has just blown you away that you've been able to do stuff you've always dreamed of or meet people that you never thought you'd get the chance to i think sure like a lot of our live shows um i don't know about lucas really but like sometimes you can like kind of take it for granted really like the fact that people pay to come and watch us play these songs live and connect with us you know in in a room and um, uh, like uh, pretty much every show, it's always like before the show, we're all messing around and doing whatever. But as soon as you step out on stage and see the people who are like, you know, just really wanting to sort of like let let out that emotion for a half an hour, forty five minutes, that that's always really grounding for me. And I know that's kind of a cliche answer, and you know, seeing playing live, man. But um, <laughs> it really does like like for me personally, like it always knocks me back. Like especially in the amount of stages, like size stages we've been able to play and the amount of people we know to play to it really does kind of uh make you stop and appreciate it all and you know that we're still able to kind of do something like this you know nice is there a moment you've met somebody or you've been in a scenario where you've just looked around and gone how am i <laughs> what's, what's going on here then how is this happening there was there was one moment a couple uh it was probably about oh my god it was ages ago actually uh, <laughs> we, we went we went to this um 
really random like party we got invited to. Uh, oh, yeah, we, yeah while we were writing with um with with Dan in London and we were literally on the way to catch the bus and we got invited to it and we were like, I'll oh, pop our heads in because it is cool to be invited to the Levi's, you know, official like party thing, whatever. Um I remember I was stood outside and it was and like I'm awkward as hell. Like I'm not a sociable guy. Like so none of these people would have even remembered this, but it was me and Gus and Josh from Yumi at Six and James from Death of Honor stood in like a circle for like a minute. And I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> dude, where am I? <laughs> you know, um, and I think that's kind of one of the, one of the coolest things is back to what I said, you know, we really are just children of the scene and like, you know, people that we grew up seeing on the television now being able to, like Gus from Young Guns telling me that like it's a cool photo on the front cover of Kerrang. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like think of all the cool photos on the front cover of Kerrang you've had, you know what I mean? So like, I think it's just, just stuff like that, but I'm waiting for the day that we meet, you know, Johnny Depp or, or whoever the hell else, you know, but other than that, yeah. a big one, big one for me, uh, not quite Johnny Depp level, but um, the good old days of when Slam Dunk was in, um, in Leeds city center and the backstage famously is the, the spoon, the weather spoons. Yeah. Um, obviously like, fuck that company now but uh like <laughs> i remember ordering a drink there and um jim adkins from jimmy Eat world like nice. oh nice just, like like next to me and was just like uh oh, yeah I'll, I'll have a pint of cocoa or whatever he was having i was just like oh wow i'm this like 23 year old kid and like one of my like idols who i've listened to for like 10 15 years is just like there that was that was that was a special moment is his name jim yeah pretty yeah. sure do you not? Yeah, it's <laughs> mad, isn't it? What the fuck? <laughs> he, he eats the world. I don't know if you get that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think he'd be bigger? You think he'd be fatter? He's not. He's not. He's quite slim. Um, um, oh, yeah, imagine, yeah. Boys, I'm going to call the band um, <laughs> for um, Sean Likes Chips. How do you get about that, boys? Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, let's just go with it. Put the song really for, likes chips, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Jim, re- really oh, you really did eat Jim. the world, didn't you, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's like we've yeah. had, yeah, we've had some fantastic, um, like, you know, people I would think of as rock stars and when we've had them on they've told similar stories about mm. being next to their idols or it's just yeah, nice it's, it's just, biggest, nice it's just amazing to see and it's, one it's a question ever for me actually this is like kind of off topic but it was when um we were in falling with style right and we played download and um i remember i was with um uh dean whitaker right we were back okay. with dean whitaker and we were, we were walking through and um he stops and starts talking to someone he knows and i like you know was just like in the circle of conversation but it was um he was chatting to someone who he knows and then the guy with him was duff mckagan from um (laughs) i was just like i I didn't really know who it was and then dean was like do you know who that was and i was like no and he was like that's the basis of guns and roses and i was like oh Sure, that's, no, your, that's your boy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's my, isn't yeah, that your plane, buddy? <laughs> that's my what? Yeah, it's my one of my eight stories. That is, <laughs> I've got eight stories, and Duff is number five, I think. Yeah. Number five, yeah. that is. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, yeah. it's just mad, it's mad, isn't it? It's like when we had we had Simon Neil on from Biffy. Oh, dude, and I yeah. Said, oh, For the record, that was a wicked episode. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, I really, thank you. you know, Biffy are one of the best. Mm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. noticed now. Um, he had long shaggy hair when we did it, and um, and now the boy's got a mallet. So you know, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not uh, accusing him of theft, but he has one hundred percent stolen that from me, right? And he's going to have to come on and explain himself. But yeah, he was telling us about. I was like, oh, tell me about a, a situation where you've looked about and, and been like, you know. And he was like, oh, I played Crazy Town 
Uh, crazy, crazy town. No, he played Crazy Train in front of Ozzy with Slash playing guitar, oh, and wow. I was like, wow, right, that's fucking man. unbelievable. <laughs> but I now think, my, yeah, for me to beat that, I think me joining Crazy Town and singing Butterfly <laughs> would probably yeah. be that's my new life. I'm gonna write it down. New life goal. Do you know what? Sing <laughs> with Crazy Town. I saw them live once, and they got cut off before they could even play Butterfly, and I was fuming. Whoa! <laughs> that is. Imagine being a. You paid twenty quid to go and watch Butterfly, right? And it never come. Right, uh, the blackout played in the Melkweg, right? In uh, oh, Amsterdam. I love that venue, Amsterdam. Yeah, we we were playing the small room, and um, who's the band that does Hey There, Delilah? Oh, plain white tees. Plain white tees were playing the big room, right? So we finished early. We ran in to watch like the end of their set. And they played um, Hey There, Delilah, second before last, right? Silly boys. And everybody left. Oh, no! Oh they had another God. song to go, mind. Oh, that's And they ballsy. started playing that, it, and I was ballsy. like, nobody knows this. People oh, were like, Tidy, get the court set. Let's go. Come on in. I said, don't play Hey There, Delilah there. That's mental. That's um, oh. almost as ballsy as Lucas's Pixies story. Yeah, I went to see the Pixies, and they opened with Where Is My Mind? And I was yeah. just like, whoa, <laughs> that is the craziest big dick swing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is, <laughs> yeah, that's bonkers. Well, the, yeah, the only other thing I think that reminds me of that is we're like, I've mentioned this so many times, it's probably fucking sick enough for people <laughs> But when we did that, when we, when I was lucky enough to tour with Limp Bizkit, it's like they would, they would open with whatever song and you were like, well, that's it. Surely they've got, yeah, oh, no, they haven't got, got more bangers. Yeah, they've got 15 more songs that if you played any one of those in a rock club, the place would go fucking mad. Um, <laughs> mental. Absolutely fucking nuts. But. Well, well, while we're talking about weird experiences and stuff, um, Scott, not to put you on the, on the spot, but I did want to talk about, I saw you tweet before that you had an interaction with the woman who plays Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, this yeah, is a legend. cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I work in a coffee shop where I live and... Um, it just so happens that um, Jodie Whittaker lives around the corner, so I just see oh. her every day. And we chat wow, for does like she tar this in? She has a driver, and he's really nice. Ooh, and, um, a sonic ooh. screwdriver? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> ah, nice. So she, she comes up, and obviously she's wearing a mask or whatever, because like you got to, yeah. and like, probably about three months, I had no idea who she was, because she was wearing a mask, and she, it was just this nice northern lady. And um, I think she probably quite appreciated that, that fact that I didn't know who she was. And I, you know, could then just like have normal customer service kind of banter with, with her. And then eventually then I was like, wait a minute. And then I think I watched that, like a bit of a Doctor Who thing on, on YouTube. And I was like, you know, that meme where it's like the, the, all the math symbols, like, and you were like yeah. i recognize those that nose bridge and eyes <laughs> yeah basically yeah but since yeah since then um i've never like openly been like i know who you are kind of thing mm, but like yeah. i've just been like, i know who <laughs> you are wink yeah but yeah no i see her, see her every day um the uh That's the, awesome. the, the, the cast of Sex Education from Netflix. Oh, they, uh, nice. they, they I was around. in an episode of that. I did some extra work. I did some extra work. Oh, legit, actually. Oh, oh, oh that's a good thing you want to get into on downtime, mind, with a band. <laughs> yeah, is yeah. If you sign up for extra work, yeah. 150 quid a day for standing about. <laughs> it's better than being in a band. Yeah, it's better than being in a band. Say, we don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought just because that sounded like the tee up to a really, really 
typical Sean Smith joke, you know, like uh, I was an extra in sex education. <laughs> no, nope. no, 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 genuinely was. Genuinely was. Yeah. Um, is that the one with the girl who looks um, like uh, what Jokers misses his name? Uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah, she looks a bit like Margot yes, Robbie, yeah. the girl from Sex Education. Yeah, we, yeah, we shot it in Port Talbot. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm going too far now. We've gone too far. Yeah, that's way too far. Yeah. 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 Uh, fair. Um, yeah, that's cool. cool. Yeah, that's uh, cool, though. Just have to drop a, a CD now when the, when the album comes out and just play on, honest, Honestly, man, she knows about the band. I've like I've dropped that nice. in uh, a few times and she said she had to listen and she said she really likes it. And um, yeah, that's about it, pretty much. I mean, I'm not sure how much swing she has with like BBC Radio One or anything, but uh, well, just, yeah. just yeah. get you guys to play on an episode of Doctor Who. That's what needs to happen. Oh, you know, well, like how Coldplay were in Game of Thrones and stuff. Yeah, like that. Where, just like you just yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah way. The Red Wedding scene. I'm pretty sure, isn't it? No way. Was that Coldplay? Red Wedding scene. Yeah. Dude, the other crazy one is the uh, the Harry Potter like ball. You know, there's like a band playing and, you know, because they, they've all gone to the ball, right? Yeah. Um, that band is Radiohead fronted by Jarvis Cocker. That's mad. <laughs> that's the craziest yeah. that fucking blew my mind. Anyway, that's, the, yeah. that's the aim. That's the goal for Holden Absence, I think, is to get in some kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah, I was just about to say, so, yeah, to finish up, what's next for Holden Absence? Well, we're going to be in Doctor Who. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. But yeah, well, well yeah. Apart, what is apart next? From, um, <laughs> yeah, what is next? Yeah. What is um, well, you know, obviously it's... Uh, it is a bit of a rubbish time to release an album, to be honest. You know, like I feel like we're we're in one of the better places out of most bands who've released an album in the pandemic, of course. But yeah, we still do have a couple of months of not really doing anything after the album. Um, so as it stands, we're playing, um, we're doing a, Euro a European and UK tour in October, October and November. Super excited about that. We're doing the Creeper tour at the end of the year in December, which is, I think, the fifth time it's been postponed. So yeah. I'd like for that to happen. Yeah. Um, I know. And, that, and then that's, that's all we've got announced. I that's think. It, yeah. But to be honest, you know, like. <laughs> Does we, Scott have to come in and cut <laughs> There's another one There's another one which is kind of I guess an open secret, but um mm -hmm. you know we've never officially but emphasis it. on secret. So uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, otherwise though, you know, I feel like just to get my, my last sales pitch in there, you know, like we're so we are so proud of this album. And I and I know Scott and every and Ash and everybody else in this band, you know, we we listen to this album every day. It's like, I'm so proud of it. And I'm, I'm just ecstatic for people to listen to it. So to be honest, I'm kind of excited for people to have a couple of months with it, hopefully mm. fall in love with it the way that we have and then come to the shows, you know, so hopefully yeah. it works out for the best of anything. Well, I think you have, like, to be honest, I think putting your album out now is probably the, the, the best time for it, to be honest. Because like you said, give people a couple of months with it. And then they're going to be absolutely fucking busting to come and see you later in the year. And it's going to be absolutely insane. Because, like, Raiders made the mistake of when lockdown happened, we had four songs recorded. And, like, idiots, we were like, oh, let's get them out. People are busting the year. This, yeah, this, yeah. this is going to be over in no time. Um, <laughs> renowned liar Boris Johnson said this will be gone in no time. This will be fine. Get the songs out. And we rushed them out. And now we're just sitting about doing bugger all. So I think you've literally nailed it mm. with us coming out of this now, potentially, hopefully. Fingers crossed. And, yeah, yeah, with the timing, I think it, it's perfect. So... Good luck with it. I, I, I say good luck. It's going to do fucking really well. Right? I hope so. Um, <laughs> you, 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 Scott, if it doesn't, 
You can have Morgan. I don't know what that <laughs> means, but he's US. Thank you. Do with him what you what? like, right? He's yours. It's just that, like, I think we're, we're, like, really proud of this. And I know, like, bands always say, uh, you know, this is the best music ever, or, you know, whatever you want to say. But, like, we're really, really proud of this. I, like, it's, it's really good. And, like, like, genuinely, from, like, listeners, like, I, I can, like, we recorded this over a year ago, and I can listen to it now as fresh as, you know, as fresh as when we wrote the demos. Do you know what I mean? It's like and that's the best sign. That's genuine, the absolute genuinely, best like, sign, so. I, I really do feel like this is like, um, you know, kind of a, a, a turning point for the band. So I, I hope that people kind of share the excitement and the enthusiasm around it as 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 we have. Nice. Boys, this is the calm before the storm. <laughs> it's about to go fucking <laughs> galactic for you now. <laughs> so please, please don't forget. It's happening podcast now when you're fucking mm-hmm. on Sirius X. Oh, I can't come on. I've got to go and talk to Howard Stern. <laughs> right? I don't want any of that shit. Right? Don't you f- oh, oh but don't you forget where you fucking come from, but Right? Um, but yeah, congratulations on everything. Yes. Well done, boys. Um, congratulations on your future success, which we all know. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the music. Thanks for the time. And yeah, well, just thank you for getting me back into music. Otherwise, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing this anyway. So thank you for having us, boys. Thank, thank you. you very much. And, and also... Um, thanks for having me back as well just a reminder two years since i did that one yeah. so like for you guys as much as anything that's so fucking sick man so appreciate right, you supporting all, all the time you know oh no anytime, anytime. thank next you so week. much guys let's do one every week <laughs> uh, <laughs> the old and absence update yeah we should have a section of the show old and absence update albums out yeah thank yeah, you cheers, very guys. much boys thank and, you so much um, yeah speak to you soon hopefully yeah bye Yes, lovely stuff. Lovely, lovely, lovely. I enjoyed that so much. I turned Mexican then. But yeah, thank you very much to Lucas Woodland, Scott Carey, and uh, the boys in Holding Absence for the music. Good times in the chat. Such a such a good time to see you. And literally every time we talk to them, they've grown and they're getting bigger and better. So the greatest mistake of my life is out next Friday. April, what the what? April 16th on Sharp Tone Records. Nice, on Sharp Tony Records. Who's this Tony and why is he so sharp? Like? <laughs> I, like, I like to think there's one guy in charge of that, re- in charge of that record label who's just super well-dressed. Ooh. And that's it. Like, it's just sharp tone, like sharp tone. I, I'm, I'm Ant. I'm Anthony. I am right, and I've uh, I love suits and I and I like putting records out by emo bands. Check me out, bud. Oh, you should start a record label. Yeah, well, what what are we going to call it? I don't know. Well-dressed Tony? Uh, No, that's not too... Sharp tone. Sharp tone. Job done. There you go. There it is. Wow. Well, there you go. There's the uh, origin story of the label. But, yeah, just great to get an insight from the boys into everything they've been up to. As I mentioned before, there's so many changes within the band, and it's nice to see that you know, they could easily rest on the laurels and play on the whole black and white thing and make that their whole identity, but they don't want to. They want to try new things, expand both musically, personally, and everything else in between. So the greatest mistake of my life out April 16th, which is next week. So make sure you pre-order everything as well. But a massive shout out to everyone else involved with the record from Ryan Richards to Beth Miller, Dan Weller, Sharp Tongue, and so many more people behind the scenes. I also wanted to quickly mention that this past week, um, the band released a short 30 minute documentary on YouTube um, and uh, with Mosh, that's M O S. 
Triple H, nothing to do with the wrestler. That I know the drummer Ash has had a lot of effort into as well, so go and check that out for even more holding absence goodness. The Mosh Company, are they like Morse deaf, right? But they love Triple H. Like, are they Morse Triple H? Is that what it is? I wonder if... Anyway, let's move on. Um, <laughs> that didn't work. Uh, but yeah, thanks thanks to the chaps. Um, well done on everything. You are fucking superstars. And you're going to be superstars. So remember to always be nice, lads. Because... Hmm. Um, I forgot that at some point. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> honest to God, he will come back and bite you on the ass. So, um, oh. boys, stick to it. Otherwise, you're going to end up on a bloody podcast. And um, you, you you don't want that. It's too much work. You don't want that, let me tell you. Stay in a band. Be nice to people. Try and keep your bandmates to stay in a band with you for as long as possible. That's my tip to everybody who's currently in a band. It generally is. That is Sean's tip every single podcast. But um, as well, if you wanted to go back and get some thoughts from baby lucas around the time they released their first album where well, you can go and listen to episode 15 of sapping podcast where we had him on to talk about the debut release and everything like that and if this is your first time listening to the podcast please press subscribe wherever platform Hiya. you've chose and just check out our whole host of our back catalog because there's definitely things you will enjoy if you are listening to this for the first time and there's not another podcast, and I don't mean the other Old in Absence podcast, episode 15, if there's not another podcast where there's a band that you like involved, you are a lying bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're lying. So check us out. We've got loads of podcasts. 99% of are brilliant. They're all good. I don't know why I said 99%. Um, we haven't put one up that I haven't liked. So, um, yeah, check it out. And then also, if you enjoy more than three podcasts by Sapnin Podcasts, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. Um, to uh, help the boys out and give back. Over there, we've got videos, we've got bonus podcasts, we've got, uh, you can join the fantastic group. We do Skype calls with people, Zoom calls, we do Zoom um, get togethers with the group now and again. We had one the other day that I popped in and nobody even realised because they were in the middle of a quiz Morgan was at. Um, <laughs> we take quizzes very seriously, Sean. We had to get in the mood for it but yeah patreon.com forward slash sapnin to get involved with everything like that um it helps this thing going each and every week and everyone in that community is our favorite humans of all time so why don't you come and join the family um if they're too stingy to do that sean because you know what people are like they can follow us on social media for free though can't they Oh, the very least, the very least you can do if you're listening to this is follow at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's the very least. Or go to where you get your podcast from and rate us five out of five. Rate us the top one. I was going to say five, but no one might look. There's one where you can rate out of ten and some fucking bastard will come along and go, he's heard five. Rate us the top mark, please, wherever you can. Subscribe, like, and share where possible. Please, I'm literally begging. I'm literally <laughs> begging. Join our Patreon, share our stuff, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and I will love you forever. He will. He really, unless really you, will. Unless, unless you don't want me to love you forever, and then I'll do the opposite of that. Whatever you want, 
I will do if you do all those things I just asked. Thank you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow, okay, right. So before we wrap things up, um, we'd like to say a massive thank you to our Patreon community. If you head over to the description of this episode, there's loads of names in there. There's fucking loads of them, of these wonderful people that we need to thank. But Sean is now going to read out the elite members. They're the top tiers, and sometimes they change their names, sometimes they don't, but it's a good laugh nonetheless. So, Sean... What's happened this week? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you very much to Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwaway, Mikey McDonald's Mc- Muffin Buns, Janelle Caston, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Kelly Young, Dilly... Oh, I cupped halfway through that then. That's not a name. Dilly Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Liam Connolly, Scooby Drew Styles, Paul Hirschfield, Kelly Irwin, Kat Besson, Sammy G, Amadina Bano, Shani Meyer Boxer Lanson, Tony Michael, Justin Dunn, Amy Campion, Murray Grimwood, Jonathan Phillips, Scott Jones, Dan Gies, TJ Was Forest Gump's Password, One Forest, One <laughs> Ambla Shattock. Congratulations on your new job as well, and that joke. Thank you very much to Kate Stevenson, Jenny Munster, Emily Senegals, Inad Note, Becky Andy, Lucy Diaz, John and Emma, Martina McManus, Louis Cook, Jenny Robinson, Marcy Jacobson, Sharif Awadali, Jason Heredia, Caroline Robinson, Craig Harris, Carl Pendlebury, Kevin Clark, James McNaught, Kelly Cannon, Livy Cropper, Stuart McNaught, Lydia Henderson, Chris Howard, Ollie Say Something Naughty here, Amesbury, Josh, it turns out King Arthur was the first porn star because he came a lot. Chris. Wow! Doesn't make sense. Uh, doesn't make doesn't make sense. So doesn't make sense because no. it's Camelot. Yeah, as we all know. Yeah, right. Anybody who knows anything about mythical kings, right, <laughs> knows it's Camelot. It's not Camelot, is it? No. So Josh, you've let yourself down and your family. Hey guys, if you're listening to this and your surname is Crisp. Make sure Josh is no longer part of your family <laughs> wow. by disowning him because that joke was so bad. Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Adam King of the Goths, Parslow, Keris Andrews, Simon Amos, and last by no means least, Connor Lewins. Thank you very much to all those people. Josh, wise up. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we're just calling them out now instead. That's absolutely brilliant. But yeah. Oh, thank you very, 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 very much to all those people for being part of the Patreon. But also, Josh, wiser <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we do we love them each and every one of them very 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 much um, 
yeah, is there anything else you would like to mention before we wrap this up, Sean? You're still in the band called Raiders. Yes, I am still in the band called Raiders. Check out Raiders Band UK on it, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I guess. Um, uh, no, other than that, we got four songs out. Check them out, um, please, for the love of God. Because unnecessary Vs, I reckon that's probably doing very, very badly because the joke's on me because I made it impossible to search for. So, mm. um, yep, yeah, other than that, um, nothing I can think of. What about you? No, just uh, if you want to follow me at mhrichards underscore on Twitter and Instagram, just in case anything pops up. Probably busy with this behind the scenes, but apart from that, we'll be back next Friday and every Friday, as always, with another guest for you to have a laugh with us with. Um, any joke you want to leave on? Well, well we're not going to be at every Friday, are we? Well, at some point, at some point, <laughs> at least one of us is going to die. So, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, well, eventually. Unless the world ends before we both die, which means the world ended, so technically we didn't quit. Which is what I'd like to see. So anyway, <laughs> thank you very much. If you've got this far, I'm sorry about the depressing ending. But hey, welcome to our life. Anyway, oh. fucking something. Something. Weird end. You're listening to Sabnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>